we sat on the rock. What's that? Okay, we're rolling. Okay, yeah, it's, it's uh, plan, July sixth. I didn't get the approval yet. Oh. <laughs> I still got a mouthful of stuff. I was just gonna tell the date. <laughs> All right, tell the date. <laughs> Who is everybody? Cantankerous. Who is everybody? Yeah, we don't know who everybody is. We don't you mean all the, ca the characters? The characters? Yeah. I don't know. We'll just go through them as we. As we I don't have a, a cast list. I should make one. This is hot off the presses. Yeah, this is hot off. The, believe me, it's going to be hotter off the presses. Um, just you know, one of the last things I did before we came up here was print this up. I know that you are Don Vonzel, Dave, and you are also Thug Number Tough Number One, right? Yeah. Or am I Tough Number no, One? No, you can be Tough Number One. Dave's always our tough number one. Um, I wanted to try Wendy as tough as tough number two this time. Okay. Okay. Sure. And you know, if you don't like doing it, Wendy, we'll make Marge do it. But um, <laughs> um, it's I was just saying, it's July sixth, is it not? Yes. And this is the very first read through of the case of the, of the Christmas cactus. <laughs> The Crooked Horseshoes. So whenever you're ready, Dave. This Actually, it's ice. Oh, oh yeah. But we the want Dave him to get rid of his peanut brittle. To pick his Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> this, I'm going to try a, I don't know if I can get a British accent on this short of a, oh really, this is, just I do can a, go stylish. Just do a this upper, upper crust, like PBS okay. kind of thing. This is Station WMDB. Time for thrills. Time for suspense. Pilot Island Productions and Malted Mortar Milk Mix, the mix that puts something special into your milk, present the casebook of Bobber Maxwell, Two-Fisted Detective. Tonight's episode, The Case of the Crooked Horseshoes. Following his life and <coughs> death slugfest the previous week with South American smuggler Pepe, Pepe Amontillado, Pepe Amontillado <laughs> and the collapse of that scoundrel's criminal empire, our hero Bobber Maxwell finds himself. So, I found myself walking along Chicago's Oak Street Beach during the last light of a warm summer day. Call it dusk. Mostly deserted now, only a couple of picnic fires visible up the north, up the shore to the north. Lake Michigan was unusually calm, only a gentle series of waves lapping at the sand, which had made it a perfect evening for my stakeout. Only the guy who was supposed to show up in a rowboat never showed up. I was in disguise as a beach gate. Swim trunks, sandals, strictly off the cob. Under my Hawaiian shirt, tucked into the waistband of my trunks, I had my 38, but it didn't look like it would be seeing any action this evening. Ah, but as my ma always says, the second best way to stay out of the rain is to bring an umbrella. The very best way is to stay in the house. I was just trying to figure out what I was going to tell my client when I turned my head and caught a glimpse of three guys approaching at an angle, trying to get the drop on me from behind. When I faced them, they quickened their pace and things were about to really ride. Okay, Dave, you be tough one. Hey, Mac, I'm just kidding. Wendy, be right. tough two. Hey, Mac, got a quarter? Who, me? <laughs> All my change goes to the Red Cross. Well, but I hope you got some folding money in those swim trunks. <laughs> ah, 
A knife man, huh? Oh, then a switchblade flicks open. A knife man, huh? Now, you're not going to try and tell me you're the great Jim Bowie, are you? Because I'm pretty sure he died at the Alamo. I'm going to tell you you're going to die right here if you don't fork over your cash. Well, you haven't even told me what you wanted for. Here's an idea. Why don't I give you this? And then, and two punches, two Somebody of them. Somebody grab his arms. Going. There's three of us and only one of him. And more scuffling. A horse approaching. A gallop muted by sand. Could be one of them mounted cops. Run! Panting of the three toughs, which fades as they run. Horse comes to a stop, whinnies, and then Marge plays to Now, what kind? Just my, just my regular voice. voice. Regular Marge voice. Hey there, mister. You okay? They sure took off. Ah, oh, sure. <laughs> just some misguided youths looking for the big dance. You're bleeding. Look at your arm. I better have a look at that. Uh, sounds of horse tack rattling, Trudy grunting slightly with the effort. A scratch. That mumbly peg blade must have nicked me. I've got gauze back in my office. Yeah, yeah, nick nothing. You, my friend, need a couple stitches. I can actually help with that. Let me get my little kit from the saddlebag. You a doctor or something? I'm something, all right. A veterinarian, actually. The mounted police have their stables south of here. I'm their vet. This is Kelly, a patient. Now hold still and don't be a baby. Kelly snorts and whinnies. You're going to use that needle on me? You repair Davenport's with that thing? Just horses. And you. This might pinch a bit. Yeah. Ah! Pinch, huh? Hey, you need a flashlight or something? And the light's fading fast. Nah, I could do this with my eyes shut. No need to show off for my benefit. Ow! And then soft thud of Barber's pistol hitting the sand. I saw those punks attacking you well enough. And say, mister... What's with that pea shooter you just dropped on the sand? Why didn't you use that on your attackers? Oh, oops, sorry. Uh, nope. It's the wrong page. That's right. That's oh, right. Sorry. Okay. Oops, sorry. Uh, let me just get that. Pulling this thing wouldn't have been fair to those poor guys, now would it? I actually hate guns, but I need one in my line of work. Your line of work being? Private investigator. I'm Barbara Maxwell. Here, I'll show you my license. Hmm. Here, can you see? I've even got a card in my wallet somewhere. Oh, here it is. I had these printed up a couple years ago. This is my last one. I was keeping it for sentimental reasons, but you can have it. Oh, I'm Trudy Barnhart, by the way. There. That should hold you till you get to your get your doctor to look at it, which I would if I were you. I'll take that card. Thanks. And I hope you'll be stopping at the police station to report your attackers. I have to be getting Kelly back. Okay, but as soon as I, I walk in there, they're all going to laugh at me. Well, you better, because I'll be reporting what I witnessed, of course. <laughs> By the book. Yes, Doctor. And then Moody Barber's theme plays. Believe it or not, I followed Doctor's orders and went straight to the police station. The fellows on duty didn't razz me too badly. And, true to her word, Dr. Trudy made her follow-up report. I even had a medical professional take a look at my arm. Well, the dentist who has an office in my building counts, right? And that was that. I never expected to hear from Trudy Barnhart ever again. But a couple weeks later, I was in my office playing mumbly peg with that switchblade. Yeah, it turns out that punk dropped it back at the beach. When all of a sudden, 
Uh, it's your coin collection, and then Wendy, why don't you do long distance operator? This is the long distance operator. I have a person trying to call from a Trudy Barnhart for a um, Bobber Maxwell. Yeah, that's me, all right. Thank you. Go ahead, ma'am. Bobber? It's Dr. Trudy. Remember me? We met on the beach earlier this month. I'm actually calling from Colorado. Forgive the connection. Coming through loud and clear. But hey, sure, how can I forget you? A dentist I know just removed those stitches for me. Healing up nicely over here. I won't ask about the dentist. So, the boys on the force say you are a good detective. That's nice. Mighty nice to hear, considering they would never say that to my face. So, I'm out here helping my parents on their ranch. And, well... I can use a good detective. All the way in Colorado? Afraid so. And then sound effects diesel train engine and the clack of tracks play through the narration and the following scene. And then the relentless, well, relentless version of Bobber's theme plays throughout. And Bobber narrating. And simply put, that is how I found myself on the diesel train known as the Cloud Nine Clipper which made a regular Chicago to Denver run in less than a day. Seems Dr. Trudy's parents owned a dude ranch in the foothills of the Rockies, not all that far from Loveland, Colorado, wherever that was, and not too far from the Denver train depot, I hoped, which was where Trudy was picking me up. She couldn't go into much detail over the phone, but it seemed there was big trouble on the ranch. And their local sheriff was more of a hindrance than a help. I, being the ultimate outsider, seemed to Trudy to be, well, just what the doctor ordered. I eagerly took the case, not only because of a definite spark I detected between myself and the good horse doctor, but also because my beach case had turned sour and it wouldn't hurt me to get out of town for a bit. It was a nondescript train ride, other than a strange experience I had in the club car as I was settling in with an elderly grilled cheese sandwich, bourbon straight, and a little sightseeing. Okay, Dave, I'd like you to try Castor, and Wendy, I'd like you to try Ermengarde. They're like middle-aged college professors. Oh, okay. College professor? Yeah. You, if you could do a Peter Lorre voice, that'd be great, but don't worry about it. Oh, okay. so creepy like Excuse it? me. I hate to interrupt your lunch. Oh, that's good. So that's good, then. <laughs> it's okay with me, as long as you understand I'm probably not going to stop eating. Well, my name is Castor Trout. This is my wife, Ermagard. Oh. <laughs> that's great. Okay. That's great. So the Trouts are here. What can I do for you? We're university professors in Colorado. Castor is a herpetologist, a reptile expert, and I teach local archaeology. We saw you enter the club car, and I... Well, do you remember what I said exactly, Castor? My wife here said, isn't that Tommy Sinclair, the Olympic gold medal, medal winner swimmer? <laughs> That's a hot one. Sorry, folks, it's been years since I tried to swim. I had too much ballast to do a decent job of it. Pardon while I let this nasty sandwich add to the ballast. Oh, dear. Well, are you any kind of athlete? You do look familiar. Nope. Just a dry cleaner with no athletic inclinations. Name's Leo Green. Oh, well. Sorry to disturb you. Yes. Come along in the yard. 
let's let them in and enjoy his uh, sandwich. No sweat, folks. And then Bobber's theme plays throughout narration. Of course, I could have told the Trouts about my former boxing career, but since it's pretty well known in Chicago, at least, that after the war I hung up my gloves for the private eye racket, I didn't want to blow my cover even before I got to the ranch, where I planned to go as a dry cleaner. Sometime after lunch, I dozed, and I awoke to the conductor announcing Denver. Plenty of daylight left. A woman of her word, Trudy, waited for me on the platform, dressed as a pretty cute cowgirl. Her parents' jeep was parked nearby, and we rocketed off, finding a dirt road with blinding speed. Trudy was quite the driver, and the jeep motor and tires driving over a rocky road. Whoa! Uh, that's something I admire in a driver. You don't let a little thing like a jagged cliff keep you from where you want to go. Uh, so, why didn't you fill me in on some of the details? Yes, we're still two miles away. Here's the gist. My dad inherited this ranch from his dad, so it's been in the family forever. My brother Todd and I grew up here, so it's also our family home. Dad is quite a showman, and since westerns were getting so popular, he decided to start incorporating little vaudeville-type live shows starring his, the ranch hands. They love playing good guys versus bad guys for the entertainment of the guests. When would these uh, shows take place? You know, they could break out at any time if one of the guys had an inspiration, and they often did. But there were regular skits, too. For instance, you could always count on one during supper in the dining hall. There usually was one during the sing-along around the campfire in the evening. But by far, the most popular one took place along this very road when the ranch bus would bring folks from the train station, just like I'm bringing you. Why was it so popular? A gunman, a gunman on horseback would stop the bus and rob the strongbox, but he carried a goofy toy gun and he dressed like a cartoon bad guy with a giant hat and a grease paint mask. He would trade corny jokes with the driver. Our ranch guests couldn't get enough of it. What does all this have to do with your current troubles? Two months ago, things began to go missing around the ranch. A couple weeks later, someone ambushed our hand Murphy, who was playing the bus robber, and a real masked robber held up the bus. Only he didn't take the strong box. He took all the guests' cash. He's done it three times now. The help is quitting. More and more guests are canceling. Four times. What? Look there. And then Dave do the masked robber. You know, kind of like the thug, thug number one voice, or you can do it like uh, Nico if you is, want. Is thug any of the thug voice going to be later in the script? Well, you've already done a tough voice earlier. Okay, so. but any more tougher thugs in the remainder of the script? A uh, couple. Okay. Yeah. Stop the jeep, ladies. That's good enough. Break screeching to a halt on gravel road. We'll return to the case of the Crooked Horseshoes, but first, a word from our sponsor. <laughs> Mothers, does this sound like a scene from your home? And Marge is Jenny, and Wendy is Timmy. Now, Timmy, drink your milk. I hate milk. You can't go out to play until you drink your milk. I hate milk. Young man, how will I ever get you to drink your milk? And now, who could that be? Come in. Door opening, cow hooves clopping slowly, cowbell clanging. 
Dave do Walt, if you do a farmer voice, so well now, you know, that Good kind of afternoon, way. folks. Moo. I'm Milky. Okay. Moo. Farmer Walt Malt? And, and Milky. I think it's me. That's Timmy. Oh, go ahead. And Milky is Maltese milk cow. Wow. I can't believe it. Table being shoved over glass shattering. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like somebody in this house hates milk. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I'm afraid it's Timmy okay. Farmer Walt. I hate milk. It's <laughs> I, I hate milk. It's so watery. It tastes <coughs> like milk. Throughout Here. Walt's speech, a jar lid being unscrewed, spoon dipping into dry material. Here, try some malted mortar milk mix. Just put four heaping tablespoons into an eight-ounce glass of milk, like so. Now mix it thoroughly. Spoon clinking slowly through a thick liquid. Spoon being tapped dry and grim. Wow, that sure doesn't look like milk anymore. Try some, Timmy. You bet. <laughs> look at that. Timmy has never finished a glass of milk before. It's so rich, too. Milk was never this thick. It's like drinking tasty wet cement. That's right, Timmy. And just like cement, it's full of calcium and all kinds of stuff to make a growing skeleton like yours strong as a sidewalk. Wow. I feel heavier already. And Milky, what's that song you always sing? Milky can sing? Makes your bones as strong as a concrete block with super strength that's hard to knock. And then we're all gonna sing. Drink more than milk. I'll write this like you should. The four M's stand for good. And now we return to our adventure, Bobber Maxwell in the case of the Crooked Horseshoes. Bobber's theme plays. It was like walking, waking up in the middle of a cowboy movie. Nah, but like my ma always says, if you suddenly think you're in a movie, you probably belong in a nut house. With a very real-looking six-shooter pointed at her, Trudy slammed on the brakes and we skidded to a halt. He sat atop a chestnut-brown horse with a black mane, a breed you see everywhere when you're seeing horses. Mr. Desperado himself was dressed in an all-black shirt and pants, black cowboy boots with silver spurs, a monocized black cowboy hat, and a black mask which covered his entire face. It was really a black bandana with just two slits cut out for the eyes. It was a wonder he could see it all. He waited a moment for the dust to settle, then he spoke roughly, waving that gun at us with genuine menace. Who's the robber? That's you, Dave. Okay. Yeah, how are you going to keep Just so many things straight? Okay, you two. Out of their Jeep now. Out in front of the road with your hands in the air. That, oh, that's a good one. That's good, that's a Dave. Clenched teeth. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Two car doors opening and slamming shut, slightly out of sync. Wait, wait, let me just write something down. Okay. I want to remember that. Okay. Okay. So, you still haven't gotten this out of your system, huh? How dare you attack my parents' livelihood like this? Who are you, anyway? 
I'm afraid I don't know what you're talking about, ma'am. I just need you, partner, to lay down your wallet on that car hood. Make it snappy and no one gets hurt. Wallet hitting car hood with a slight metallic echo. There you go, Chief. Easy does it, okay? Thanks, Pod. Hands in the air till you've counted to a hundred. Yeah! Galloping hooves on a rocky surface echoing away. And there he goes over that hill. You can put your hands down. No one's going to be checking up on our counting progress. You okay? Sure. Just a bit shook up. I've heard the descriptions of others, but this was my first encounter. Very unnerving looking down the barrel of that thing. I don't know who he is, but he's got your wallet and your identification. Your real identity might become known. Not just yet. My real wallet is in a pocket I have secretly sewn inside my shirts. My usual undercover mode. All he has is a wallet with no ID and a small stack of stage money sandwiched by a couple of $1 bills. Is it safe to continue our drive? Do you think he's really gone? No doubt. He wasn't here for cash anyway, no, no matter what he finds in that wallet. He wanted to send a message. Do you know what lies in the direction he's headed? Is there some kind of trail we can follow? A rattlesnake rattle, which Not slowly fades by the time Bobber speaks. Not much. He was very clever. Hear that? This area is loaded with rattlers. He's following a rocky ridge. The snakes love to sun themselves up there. Plus, it's hard to tell what kind of trail he even left. We might find scuffed rock or maybe some broken brush. Look, his real trail just ends at the road's edge, where the layer of dust ends. Rattlers, huh? <laughs> well, any scuffs will st stick around for a while, at least, even if it rains. We should get to the ranch, but... I would like to revisit this spot tomorrow, maybe. Rattlers or not, uh, when we have more daylight, just to... Now, this is funny. Look here. What's that? The hoof prints that his horse did leave in the dirt here. They're strange. See how they don't line up with the shape of the hoof? That horse wasn't shod properly. At least not by someone who does it on a regular basis. I've got my camera and my suitcase back there. I'll take a couple pictures of them. But... Do you think you'd recognize the hooves that way that would make these prints if you saw them? Yeah, I'd have to lift a hoof or two to check, but sure, easy. Great. Well, let me get that camera, then let's make tracks ourselves, and then the Moody Barber music. And you want the western, westerly, not yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. Okay. That's coming up. Okay. Um, and we did just that. As we drove the rest of the way to the ranch, Trudy and I went over my cover story. Her parents would know my real identity, but to the staff and guests, and even to her brother Todd, I would be Leo Green, Chicago dry cleaner on holiday. After a couple pretty rugged miles, the ranch house and bunkhouses, etc., came into view. It was a very handsome spread. As Trudy pulled the Jeep up to the main house, an older couple dressed in western togs stepped out onto the porch to meet us. Trudy's mom was a white-haired but tanned and tough elderly lady, but her dad was a mountain of a man, six foot six if he was an inch, with broad John Wayne-type shoulders, a gentle giant. Trudy quickly told them about our run-in with the masked robber. They were none too pleased to hear about it, and Dave 
I'd like to try doing red. Let's you know, do a variation on the like all, almost like uh, the voice you were doing for Walt Malt, you know. And uh, Wendy tried doing um, Dottie, the true mother. And oh, it was oh, true is me. Don't yeah, don't during the latter part of the above speech, Jeep engine shutting off, Jeep doors opening and shutting, screen door opening and banging shut, two pairs of boots walking on a wooden porch. That all is happening during Bobber's speech. Okay, red. As long as no one was hurt, not another one of those mysterious phone calls from that idiot telling me that I had to sign over to the ranch free. Probably the varmint who tried to rob you and his pole axe, poor Murphy. But you are okay, aren't you, Trudy? Oh, yes, I am, Dad. Don't worry. Mom, Dad, this is the gentleman I was telling you about. The one from Chicago. Right, right. Bobber was the handle on him. Uh... Leo, Dad. Remember? This is Leo Green, the dry cleaner. Oh, yeah, that's right. All you're making believe, Trudy, I swear. Well, glad to meet you, Mr. Green, or whoever you are. I'm Lysander Bar Barnhart. Jesus, Bill. <laughs> I'm Lysander Barnhart. But you can just call me Red. Everybody does. This lovely gal is my wife, Dottie. Mr. Um, Green, so very pleased you could visit our ranch for your uh, vacation. Very pleased to meet you folks. Is there somewhere we can talk that's private? I want to hear more about this idiot that keeps calling you. Oh, heck yeah. yeah. But first, got to welcome all the new guests in the dining hall as they finish their dessert and coffee. Then we leave them out to the bonfire ring for the big get-to-know-you-and-sing-along. You're the last to arrive, so I'm afraid you missed Chow. Greasy Gordon, our cook, will scare up something for you. Don't worry. Don't you worry. We better get a moving. Screen door opens and slams. Boot steps echo away. Wow, I mean, really, we should talk. That's Dad. Oh, that's Red, all right. Single-minded is the polite way to put it. Never you mind, Mr. Green. You'll just have to get your big fancy meeting. You'll just have to get your big fancy meeting eventually. When Red runs out of other things to think about. Come along, kids. Screen door opens and slams. Dottie's boots echo away, and then Moody, Bobber's theme plays. So, Trudy quickly ushered me to my room in one of the bunkhouses where I dropped off my things. And I had no sooner changed in, into some blue jeans and a flannel shirt, a real tin horn look, when she just as quickly ushered me out back behind the bunkhouses where the evening bonfire and sing-alongs were held. All the guests, now including me, were assembled, sitting on logs around the blazing fire, and a guy, who I would later learn was Lance, their ranch foreman, was already strumming a beat-up old guitar and humming softly. I would say maybe we can get some Western songs and record them to have on your laptop, Dave. Um, I would say there were about 30 people there, and Trudy said that they usually had about 40 to 45 guests. People were chatting with their log mates and getting to know each other. Trudy and I had no sooner gotten settled on our log when a young woman, no more than 19, approached me with a small wooden tray and 
Wendy, I'd like you to try Daisy about, you know, sort of like me, you can do her like a gee whiz kind of young girl, cowgirl, uh, like a female counterpart of Swifty if you want. That's me. Just say that's me. That's me. Hi, Daisy. Leo, this is Daisy Barnhart, my cousin. Now, you don't want me to try any kind of a Western sound in my no, just okay. No, you can just be. And you know, the, the thing is, I know I thought about that. These kind of things, it's like the heroes that are like returning to their families who are like in the country, they never seem to have the same accents as their families. Okay. You know, just it, it's sort of a, it's sort of, you know, separates you as, as like the, okay. I don't know, it's okay. just a, a, All right. a device. All right. Hi, Daisy. Leo, this is Daisy Barnhart, my cousin. She's working here for the summer. That's right. Been working here every summer since I was a kid. I know all the place in this land Trudy's never even set foot on. Mr. Green, Uncle Red told me to bring you this sandwich and coffee, seeing as how you ain't had your supper. Warm Aunt Dottie's cookies, too. They're good. Thank you, Miss Barnhart. Very nice to meet you. Likewise, I'm sure. You can call me Daisy. I just sit here with you two for the sing-along, if you don't mind. And if you're done with your food, Mr. Green, my last job of the night is to take your tray and stuff back to the kitchen. Okay, is that me? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's me. I'll turn the page. Oh, no. Enough pages. There we go. Oh, be our guest. Let's just scoot down a bit, Trudy. Hope everyone enjoyed the grub, and I see everybody's getting to know everybody else. And Red's speech fades into the background mumble as Bobber and Trudy converse. Hey, Trudy, now this is weird. You see that couple nearly straight across the campfire from us? Guy's got a blue shirt. You know their names? Oh, those are the Trouts. Why do you ask? They were on the same train with me. At least they were for a while. (laughs) How peculiar. I didn't see him when I met you. I wonder how they got back here. I was just wondering the same thing. But what do you mean, back here? Well, they were here last week, but had to cut their vacation short for some reason. So before they left, they signed up for a second week. Dad was delighted to take their money. The Trouts actually met us last summer. The tr- yeah, they're scientists on... The Trouts actually met us last summer. They're scientists on some local, at some local university. Met Dad while they were taking pictures of the wildlife out on the property. They love it out here. I guess they're going to be regulars now. Hey, what are you guys mumbling about over there? I'm feeling all left out. I think I might need to reintroduce myself. Excuse me. Hey, where's he going? Oh, Daisy, look. I'm going to let you in on something important. But so help me, if you don't keep it under your hat, I'll clobber you. I mean it. You don't have to tell me twice. What is it? And then Lane's... Campfire music, Lance's, uh, it should be Lance's. Lance's, I hate, hate typos. Lance's campfire music gets louder briefly, then mutes again when Barbara speaks. Hello, folks. Remember me from the train? I'm Leo Green from Chicago. You're the Trouts, correct? What's Castor Sound? Okay. Peter Laurie. Peter Laurie. Oh, yes, Mr. Green. So this was your vacation destination. 
It's a small world, isn't it? Certainly is. Miss Trudy drove me here from the Denver Depot. What what happened to you folks? How did you get here? You could have driven in with me. Oh, I'm afraid we had business further east and got off at an earlier stop. An associate of mine drove us back here. Ah, I get it. Well, enjoy your stay, folks. I know I intend to. The campfire music gets louder briefly, then mutes again when Trudy speaks. Did you learn anything new? Not really. Maybe. I don't know. While you over there, I let Daisy know who you really are and why you're here. Hi. Uh, well, the more the merrier, I guess. Oh, you don't have to worry about me. I'm trustworthy. Uh, no doubt, kid, and I'm not worried at all. Oh, Mr. Green, let me introduce you to my brother Todd here. Todd, I didn't think you'd make the sing-along tonight. I heard you weren't feeling well. Okay, Dave, I want you to try Todd. <laughs> and just do him like you would do Chance, okay? Just like a straight young man kind of thing. Is that what Dad told you? I feel fine. Pleased to meet you, Todd. Leo Green here from Chicago. I'm in dry cleaning. Terrific. I'll look you up next time I slip in the mud. <laughs> Todd, okay. really? Ah, nuts. Oh, dear. Well, there he goes off into the dark. Looks like he's been drinking. Again? Just so we're clear, we're trusting your cousin here, but not your brother. Afraid not. The last few years, let's just say Todd has not been very trustworthy. At least it doesn't look like he'll be bothering the guests. That's what I was really worried about. Your brother's drinking. Does he also have financial difficulties? The two problems often go hand in hand. You say items have gone missing from around the ranch. Valuable? Many of them. You're implying Todd may be a thief? Well, I don't know about Todd's finances. Others in the family and even on the staff think the same as you, but I, I can't believe he would rob our guests. And I would swear that was not him holding us up today. I'm not saying it was. I, I just want to understand. And a rattlesnake rattle suddenly interrupts everything. Music stops abruptly. A rattle. I'm not saying. Who's she? She's the She's the wife. wife. She's Mrs. Trout. <laughs> uh, guests shout and scream. Chaos. And dramatic chords mark the end of the act. We'll return to the case of the crooked horseshoes. But first, a word from our sponsor. Everybody knows these days that the easiest way to get your child to drink milk is to buy a jar of multi-good malted mortar milk mix. Our friend Claire learned this simple truth from her sister Jenny, whose son Timmy went from a milk hater to a milk appreciator. Claire hoped she would get similar results with her own son. Jeff Jr., for the last time, are you going to drink your milk? Oh, Mom, I don't want to. That's good. That's okay. what I thought. Well, I've got a little surprise for you, young man. Cow hooves clomping up basement Ooh. steps. What? What's that coming up from our basement? Basement door opens, <laughs> clomping becomes louder. Well, youngster, now what's this I hear about you not drinking milk? Moo! Farmer Walt Malt and Milky, his Malty's milk cow, in our basement? Farmer Walt is here to tell us about a new way to drink milk. Moo! <laughs> and Milky, too. That's right, Jeff Jr. <laughs> In the old days, a person could only pour milk out of a bottle and drink it. Not much flavor, not much good for anything. Yuck! But all that has changed. Mother, 
Can I see Jeff Jr.'s glass? Of course, Farmer Walt. Uh, <laughs> there. Try that, Jeff Jr. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Good. Like my mud pies when I was little, only much more delicious. That's right, youngster. And like the rich earth those pies were made from, <laughs> malted mortar milk pies filled with, well, all kinds of minerals. <laughs> And all kinds of minerals and such to help you grow sturdy and solid. Just like the rich, wet soil helps to make my crops grow. Mom, can I have malted mortar milk mix every day? Of course, dear. Sing your song, Milky. What? what? It puts a clump into your walk and helps you grow like a green corn stalk. Drink malted mortar milk mix like you should. The four M's stand for good. Kids, stay tuned as you can learn how you can become a member of Bobber Maxwell's Junior Crime Busters Club. But first, let's return to our adventure, Bobber Maxwell, in the case of the Crooked Horseshoe. And then the rattlesnake rattle comes up through the music and just fades up menacingly. Yeah. We've got the thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you got a rattler sound? Yeah. Don't we have that metal thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got a, yeah, we got okay. a rattler. Yeah. Okay. But if you've got something, Dave. I was yeah. thinking of a maraca. Well, we can try to see yeah, which we, one yeah, sounds more like a... Sounds the maraca like might actually sound more like a rattler. Yeah, it might. Okay. Well, that was a nasty surprise. When that rattler suddenly appeared, you never saw so many people on their feet and screaming. But it's like my mom always says... Give a snake in the grass what it deserves, distance. Fortunately, old Red Barnhart quickly took matters into his own hands. Every, everybody, hold still, freeze. Single gunshot, rattle immediately stops, relieved sighs, some applause. Not shooting, Uncle Red. Oh, I've been bit. I've been bit. That's fine. Wait. My wife, she needs a doctor. Oh, no need to pan, no need to panic, Mr. Trout. Lance can handle rattle bites. Okay, now, Wendy, can you try doing Lance's voice? Yeah, would you want? Who is he? Would you? What? Um, I was, I was thinking, would it be? Would you? Would it work better if I tried Ermengarde? Um. Or does that? Or does that? I, well, I just did. The, you have so many lines as Trudy. See, this is what I'm thinking yeah, well, of. Wendy had to change voices real well, quick. Well, you know, that's we, if that's a real problem, what I could do is write someone else's, give someone else a line in between okay. to give her voice a time to okay. reset. Okay. So. You know, but Wendy has handled different voices before. Oh, yeah. She's done Frick and she's done. I just you know, can never remember who Ermengarde Yeah, that's all yeah, it is. She, she's, just kind a, of, she's kind we're of. We're reading through this for the first time. I, I guess because yeah, no, yeah no kind of not not too emote kind of a dull voice but kind like, of uh, Frazier's wife ex-wife like I've that. been bitten yeah like kind of without too much excitement my yeah my wife she needs a doctor or should I actually have that with emotion um, yeah I think you can you guys I mean you don't have to just do it completely deadpan I mean my you wife, can put emotion in my your voice wife, she needs a doctor yeah. he's right I do. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, where are, where are we at right now? No, Top of 33. Oh. No need to panic, Mr. Trout. Lance, Lance can handle rattle bites. Who's Lance? Well, I wanted... 
Maybe I should have you try that. Now you try Lance. Okay. Yeah, because I'm, I don't want right. to overload Wendy in this. I'm is, on it, Red. Who is he, though? He's he, the the ranch, ranch, ranch guitar, guitar. The guitar. He's the player. guy that's been playing the guitar. Oh, so we and haven't the, seen him. No, he no, no. Okay. So I'll try, let me just put my name in here with a question mark. I'm on it, Red. Daisy, run to the kitchen, get that snake bite kit. Oh, what are you doing on my way, Lance? All right, Miss Trout, just relax. Let's take a look. Got my flashlight. Voice we'll fades in the background as Red speaks. We'll, take a look we'll drive the Trouts in the Denver uh, hospital. You'll we'll be, we'll be all right. Lance has been be with right, me Ms. for Trout. years, been dealing with snake bites since he was a tie. Mrs. Trout will be fine, but that bite must be looked at. Care to take the drive, Mr. Maxwell? Uh, sorry, I mean, Mr. Green? <laughs> oh, thanks, but maybe I should stay. Good idea. Help things calm down here. Good idea. I'm staying too, Dad. Another good idea. I'm going to go... I'm going I'm to go bring the Jeep around for Mrs. Trout. Barbara, I'm worried. We've never had a rattler show up down here. And at night? You're thinking someone brought that snake as an unannounced guest. That's exactly what I think. And Barbara's theme plays. That incident with the rattlesnake shook up the whole place pretty badly. Long after Red and his human cargo had driven away into the night, the rest of the guests hung out in the common room drinking coffee and other beverages and talking about the terror they had all just experienced. Finally, as the hour got closer to midnight, little by little, the guests headed off to their various bunkhouses and to bed. Trudy put on one last pot of coffee and we took our mugs out onto the back porch where there were a couple of wooden chairs. We'd barely begun to sip when Todd walked out of the dark. Todd, I thought you would have been asleep by now. How do you hit the hay? You sound like Bob. Oh, I'm not a thief, by the way. I've been hearing the talk. I was merely trying to... Ah, shut up. I'm going, I'm going. I'm, oh, oh it's my dry cleaner. Mr. Dry Cleaner, what's the matter? Somebody spill your grape juice on your golf pants? Say, weren't you worried wandering around out there? I mean, after that one rattler. Rattler? What's he talking about? And then Barbara's theme. Even though I had been suspicious when the Rattler had appeared shortly after Todd had, once Trudy and I finished telling him about what had just happened, you could see how it shook it up, how shook up it made him. No one who had grown up with Rattlers nearby took them lightly. They might be used to them, but they knew they were nothing to joke about. Soon after a much more polite version of Todd, staggered off to bed. By now, I had my flashlight with me, so we took our coffees for a stroll by the scene of the crime. We should probably throw some water on the remnants of that fire. Hey, now where did the snake go? Well, I don't know. Someone disposed of it, I guess. Is it in the fire? Not seeing anything that looks like it's burned remains, but who would take it? Daisy ran for the snake bite kit. Your dad ran for the Jeep. Lance was busy with Mrs. Trout. One of the guests? People latch onto some pretty weird souvenirs out here. Hey, you know how we met with you riding a horse when it was nearly dark out? Yeah. Well, how would you like to give me my first horseback lesson and go for a ride when it's completely dark out? And now the Western-style bombers thing we're going to play. I've never been on a horse in my life. 
but I'd seen enough Hopalong Cassidy and Johnny Mac Brown movies to make me think, how hard could it be? Well, in the stables that night, I learned, under Trudy's deft tutelage, that while it wasn't impossible to pick it up quickly, it also wasn't the same as riding a bike. For one thing, a bike doesn't have a giant head that can reach back and bite your leg if you do something it doesn't like. Trudy, very wisely, chose for me the biggest, dumbest, sweetest horse they owned, an old boy named Potato. <laughs> and we hit it off right away. In a half hour, I was guiding them around with some degree of confidence. And the next thing you knew, Trudy and I were taking a moonlight ride back up the road we came in on. There was an old truck we could have taken instead, or that ranch bus, but I wanted to make this trip as quietly as possible. Soon, we were at the spot where the holdup had happened. Okay, I want to try to follow that masked guy's trail, if we can, using our flashlights. Are we going to have to worry about rattlers now? You should always show caution. But they only come up here in the daylight to warm themselves. They're down the cracks and crevices now, out in the scrub, hunting. We should be okay. Can you see any scuffs or signs of his trail without us having to dismount yet? Yeah, I think old Crooked Horseshoes went this away. Then let's go of this away. And horseshoes clopping quietly and slowly on rocky surface. This is easier than I thought. Look there. Even with just a flashlight, you can see this guy left all kinds of scuffs for us to follow. This rocky area we're riding on right now, Trudy, who owns it? It's all part of my parents' property. I confess, though, this is the first time I've ridden it. Because of the rattlers, we're always told to steer clear. You can't grow much of anything here. No good for grazing. It's a useless part of the acreage, unless you're in love with snakes. Okay, and where does, where does it look like we're headed? More useless property of your parents? Yep. Looks like our friend headed into the foothills, all belonging to Dad and Mom. Good for nothing, unless you count its scenery appeal, which definitely is part of the ranch's value. And you said local law enforcement has been a hindrance. Oh, Sheriff Dooley has been so odd and impossible since the holdups began. Odd how? Well, we've known him for years. He's been sheriff for years, too. <coughs> He's very well liked and has always been a fine lawman. But the moment Dad reported the first robbery, well, he wouldn't come out here. Practically accused Dad of staging the whole thing, implying it was all part of his skits. Shh. Is that a light up ahead? It's gone now. Did you see it? I sure did. It was at the base of the foothills. Right where we're headed, actually. And then music, western-style Barbara's theme. So we rode on in silence other than the clopping of our horse's hooves. And when we reached a particularly dead-looking little tree, we quietly dismounted and tied up the animals. We continued on foot. I drew my thirty-eight from its hidden shoulder holster under my shirt. I do hate guns, but they come in handy at times like this. For this occasion, Trudy had armed herself with an old-fashioned six-shooter at her waist, and, uh, and the pearl handle gleamed now in the moonlight. I motioned silently for her to draw it, which she did. After getting to know her, I had every reason to believe that she was good with it. 
This seems like an odd thing to say out here in the moonlight, both of us with the pistols drawn, but I do appreciate you uprooting yourself and coming a thousand miles just to help us. Well, heck, I... If that snake bit Mrs. Trout and you weren't here for, well, for all this, I... The situation has been driving me crazy. I'm just glad not to be handling this all alone, is all I'm saying. Trudy, I... Oh, for crying out loud. You two aren't going to start kissing, are you? Daisy Barnhart, you're lucky you didn't get yourself shot sneaking around like that. Don't worry, I know how to duck. You've been following us the whole time? I knew you two were up to something. Out over the rocks, you weren't hard to follow. Yak, yak, yak. Plus, you know, there is a nearly full moon up there. I tied my horse back to the, the, at the dead tree of yours. And then Barbara's theme, the moony one. With Daisy now in tow, we crept in the direction of that mystery light. Flashlights off, we depended on that nearly full moon to keep us on target. And we crouched low with the desert bushes to keep from becoming someone else's target. Even with just the moonlight, Tree was still able to follow the trail of the crooked horseshoes. Are you sure this is leading somewhere? Why would that robber head here? There. He's only, he'd only run into more rocks. He's way past the foothills. We're wasting our time on foot. Oh, Daisy, be quiet. We saw a light, remember? I think it's strange that our masked friend would ride closer to your uncle's ranch instead of getting as far from it as possible. I guess. I was only saying... And then I'm going to try Sheriff Dooley just to give you a little break, Dave. But we'll see. I might... Dave, can you please try But you'll see why I want to try it myself. All right, everyone. That's close enough. Stop. Hands in the air. Uh, Miss Trudy? Miss Daisy? Uh, well, I don't know you, young man. He's Bobber Maxwell from Chicago, Sheriff Dooley. A friend. Okay. Okay. Oh, my. No, oh, well, oh, no, well, if both yeah, you... Yeah, I did skip a page. That's why I need the tabs. Okay. Well, if you both have guns drawn, Miss Trudy, I, I guess you're not in danger from him. But I'm going to ask you and your friend to holster those firearms, though. Then I'll holster mine. Pause. Thank you. Now, what's going on? We could ask you the same question, Sheriff. I'm a private investigator in Chicago, Sheriff, where Trudy and I met. She hired me out of frustration from your lack of concern for what her parents are going through out here. In a nutshell. I owe your family a, a huge apology, Miss Trudy. But, you see, uh, there's a very serious reason for my... Oh, my lack of attention to your folks' complaints. Such as? Oh, my. How do I... My 11-year-old daughter, Eloise, has been kidnapped by some unknown parties who I think are hiding on this very property to force you to steer clear of the Barnhart family's problems out here? Exactly, son. But I, I can't take it anymore. I've come out here to save her. And I think I know where they're, they're holding Eloise. There must be some kind of hide, hideout over 
in those rocks. I've been watching a strange rider going to and from that spot all night. Show us where, Sheriff. We'll, we'll help you get her back. Shut up. No one's helping anyone. Daisy, what are you and doing? You're in a rage here, Daisy. Okay. In a rage. She's in a rage. Because there's no reason for you to know that, but that's what's happening. Shut up. No one's helping anyone. Daisy, what are you doing? Put down that gun. Hands in the air. Everyone. I'm a crack shot. You know it, Truy. I'll shoot every one of you. I'm not kidding. Now, Miss Daisy, I... And Daisy screams in rage. Ah! And like she's attacking, or like what? I don't understand what's happening. Um, you're angry. It's like an angry. Ah! Oh yeah, an yeah. Angry like, grunt, yeah. and then you hear a single shot, and that's the end of the act. Okay. So you don't really know what happened. We'll have more of our adventure, but first, a word from our sponsor. Hey kids, Don Van Zell here. Malted mortar milk mix, the best thing you can put into your milk, announces the creation of the club you've all been waiting for. It's the Bobber Maxwell Jr. Crime, Bus Crime Busters Club. I'm here in the studio with two of the newest members, Timmy and Jeff Jr. Hi kids. And then this is what That's we're you. Yeah, us two, but in our kitty voices. Okay. Hi Mr. Van Say, Timmy, I'll speak to you first. You enjoy the rich taste of malted mortar milk mix? I sure do. And you're a bobber, a big bobber Maxwell fan, right? Probably, as soon as I turn the page. <laughs> I sure am. Our family listens every week. So how so how does a kid join so how does a kid join the Bobber Maxwell Junior Crime Busters Club anyway? Was joining difficult? Oh heck no. The most important part is to buy a jar of multi-mortar milk mix. Make sure it's the large size. The only size that has the special coupons on the label. And those coupons are important? Oh, gosh, yeah. They're real important. You have to cut the coupons off the label using scissors or a razor blade. My mom helped me. That's good. Never use never use scissors or a razor blade without the help of a grown-up, kids. Right. Then you mail those coupons. There's two of of them on each jar to the address on the other side of the label. Oh, and you also got to send your name and address and a dollar for shipping and handling, along with all the coupons. Fine, fine. Good work, champ. And now, let's talk to Jeff Jr. Hello, Jeffy. You are Timmy. You and Timmy are cousins, I hear. We sure are. My mom and his mom are. So once you <laughs> mail in your applications, what happens next? Gosh, I got a package in the mail. Yeah, my membership card, a magnifying glass. A sturdy plastic repliplot of one of Bobber Maxwell users. And a decoder dial, and well, my first case to solve. Wow, and how do you solve these cases? Easy, by listening for clues on a radio show. And most important, you have to buy more malted mortar milk mix and send in more coupons. You have to get more clues to solve those cases. And here's this week's radio clue word. Hucksters. What? Let me repeat that radio clue word. Hucksters. Ah. Okay, so we're... That's right. If you're a member of the club, you already know what it means. And now, kids, we've got a very, very special guest in the studio with us today. Bobber Maxwell? Milky, the, Mal the Maltese milk cow. Yay. Clumsy <laughs> hooves, cowbell ringing. Join our special club with the jars you buy and help catch crooks like a private eye. Drink malted mortar milk mix like you should. The four M's stand for mm, 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 good. 
exciting conclusion of our adventure, Bobber Maxwell, in the case of the Crooked Horseshoes. I'm trying to get to the right page. Things sure were topsy-turvy fast out there on the Lone Prairie. All of a sudden, 19-year-old Daisy was holding a gun on us, threatening to kill us. Then, she screams in rage. Then, a shot rings out in the night. I thought for sure one of us was dead. Ah, but as my ma always says, if you're looking for order in a bag of mixed nuts, you best be reaching for a waffle. Even with a nearly full moon, <laughs> visibility wasn't great. But here is what I thought I saw. The moment after that shot rang out, the pistol seemed to disappear from Daisy's hand. Yeah, that's a, I didn't mean the right wrist. Uh, we all stood agape peering at what appeared to be Daisy's empty palm. Then, her cry of rage turned into a cry of pain. She grabbed her wrist and suddenly bolted into the night and was gone. The next moment, Trudy, Sheriff Dooley, and myself were all on the ground, our own weapons back in our hands, ready for more slugs from the unknown shooter. But the next moment, we heard a voice and running bootsteps on the rocks. You can all relax. For the moment, I guess, unless she comes back, it's Todd. Todd? Oh my goodness, you, you. You shot the gun right out of Daisy's hand. Yeah, I guess, I guess I, I did do that. I can't believe it myself. Oh, you may have saved our lives. Good work, young man. Thanks. Oh, Todd, I really thought you were Drunk? too... Drunk? I was, but I think all that snake talk of yours helped sober me up. And when I, when I caught Daisy doing, and what I caught Daisy doing made me realize my reputation was more on the line than I thought. Oh, well, what is it that you caught her doing? Oh, my real name is Bobber Maxwell, by the way. I'm a private investigator from Chicago. I met your sister when she was on the job back there. And she hired me to come out here and help sort out this whole mess. Right. You know, I figured you had something... Besides a dry cleaner, after the way you talked about that rattler. Anyway, after I went to bed, I got up and thought I might make some coffee. As I was about to enter the common room, I halted and hid behind the grandfather's clock in the connecting hallway. She never noticed me, but I saw Daisy pry open one of Dad's locked cases and take that old pair of spurs he has on display there. It was then I realized it was Daisy who was framing me, making it look like I was the thief. Well, how did you end up out here? I saw her sneak out to the stable, saw her spying on you and getting your riding, getting your riding lesson. Then shortly after you two had hit the trail, I saw her saddle milkweed and go after you. I saddled up crouton and followed <laughs> Daisy. Lucky for us, you did. Yes, thank you, Todd. So it was Daisy all the time. I'm sorry for any doubts I've had, Todd. But what in the world has come over that girl? This isn't like her at all. I don't know, but I think it's only the tip of the iceberg. We've got something serious going on here, and the sheriff's daughter, Eloise, needs rescuing. I still want to check where that horseman went and where we saw the light. Sheriff Dooley, the last time you saw the horseman, was he heading for or leaving those hills? Heading for. And it's been hours now, so I was about to head there myself when you folks showed up. 
But will someone explain about this Rattler trouble you mentioned? Yep. And what's this about Eloise needing to rescue? Let's move. We can exchange information as we walk. Remember, we've probably lost the element of surprise now that a shot's been fired. And keep an eye peeled for Daisy. No telling what she's capable of. There's her pistol over there. Someone grab it. Moody Barber's theme. So we walked and talked, sharing with each other the different pieces of the puzzle. But soon, we closed in on the place in those huge rocks where Trudy and I had seen the light and where Sheriff Dooley had seen the rider disappearing. So far, there was no sign of Daisy, but we knew she could be out there anywhere watching our every move. We kept a brisk pace on foot, and soon we were at the foothills. I've been out here along this area with Dad a few times, years ago. But there's nothing for us to, but there's nothing for it but to go up over the rocks. Do you remember any paths a horse might fit into, Todd? Not at all. So where was your friend going anyway? You're sure there were no steep grade paths going up the side? Oh, wait a minute. Those bushes. Look there. Now this is a place to be careful of snakes. Watch out. I mean, wait. Sure. Okay, look here. Bushes rattling. Well, I'll be. I don't believe it. So, it's a cave entrance. You can see that little lantern there, but only when you pull aside the dry bramble. No one home except a horse right now. But there must be a tunnel in there somewhere leading someplace. Let me see that animal. You check his shoes. Sure looks like the masked gunman's horse. Easy there, girl. Yep, same lousy shoeing job. And look, alongside there, anvil, bellows, blacksmith tools. Someone has gone to the trouble of setting up a makeshift shop. Shh, a voice. It's coming from that crevice. Everyone be on your guard. Help me. Someone, please, help me. Mrs. Trout? Help me, please. They're going to kill me. Uh... Oh, oh my. Help me ease her to the ground. There, there you go. Easy does. Oh, sorry, that's Todd. Easy does it, Mrs. Trout. You'll be all right. Someone may be hot on her heels. Oh, my first aid kit's in my saddlebag, back on the horse. I've got smelling salts back there. I hate to move her, but... I'm all right, dear. I, I'm all right. No need for smelling salts. I've got my canteen with me, Miss Trudy. Perfect. Here, Mrs. Trout, drink a little water. Not too much now. Oh, that's better. But they'll be coming soon. We have to get away from here. Who, Mrs. Trout? I would have thought you'd be spreading... I would have thought you'd be spending the night in the hospital. Yes, did you even go there? Oh, yes, but I didn't stay long. Lance had anti-venom in that snake bite kit and had given me a shot right at the campfire. The doctor thought I was looking good, that Lance had saved me, but they wanted me to stay overnight. Castor would have none of it. Insisted that your father drive me back here and that the hospital was a waste of money, but I was fine. Okay, suspenseful Bobberstein, please. We didn't seem to have much time, but as quickly as we could, we got part of this twisted story from Mrs. Trout. She and her husband were university professors. She an archaeologist, he a reptile expert. 
who wandered onto the Barnhart property a year or so earlier, studying some weird tales of the Arapahoes Mrs. Trout had actually uncovered. It, Mrs. Trout had actually uncovered. It led them to these hidden caves and the remnants of a rattlesnake worshiping cult. Okay, now I just want to interject here. I'm going to rewrite the introduction to Haunted Nightclub so it doesn't talk about okay. snake worshipers. Yeah, because I'm actually dealing with something yeah, like so that. You won't have to say reticulated pie suit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Although I may use him as a character's name somewhere. Um, oh, worshiping cult, which Castor and some followers, including Mrs. Trout, got obsessed with reviving. They wanted the land now and wanted to find a way of getting it from the Barnhart family by force if necessary, and that's what it was coming to with the violent robberies and now the kidnapping of Sheriff Dooley's daughter. The Trouts were the ones who smuggled the snake to the campfire and staged Mrs. Trout's being bitten, all in an attempt to destroy the Barnhart's dude ranch business. They were pinning the smaller thefts on the Barnhart's son, Todd, to destroy family trust from the inside. Castor gave me some kind of drug that he said would make me immune to the bite I got. But I think it was a lie. He didn't know there would be anti-venom on the property. He wanted to kill me so he could be with that child, Daisy Barnhart. Daisy? Oh, no! Yes, I could tell he was smitten with her ever since last summer. And now he's got her under his spell with a combination of drugs and hypnosis. He's an expert at both. I think I am even a victim of it. You're not that big enough. I think I am even a victim of it, but not anymore. Yeah. Maybe I was a victim of it. Yeah, you were a victim. I think I was a victim of it, but not anymore. That poor child is just a pawn under his influence. She has no real feelings for him. But listen, they've surely missed me by now. But how did you get in the caves if you've just gotten back from the hospital? There's a tunnel that leads from the ranch house to the caves that I don't think your family even knows about, Miss Trudy. We discovered it last year while exploring the caves. My goodness. Wow. So my daughter is down in that horrible place? Yes. They've got her chained in a cage, and she's in great danger, part of a hideous ritual. Castor is down there with the other eight. Trudy, can you get Mrs. Trout to safety? Just use my horse. Sure. But what about you? Oh, we're going to get Eloise. Sheriff, Todd, sounds like it'll be nine against three. Right. right. Then let's go. <laughs> Might have to rewrite Careful. that. It's too funny. They're very dangerous, especially Castor. <coughs> that tunnel. It won't take you long to get to the main chamber where the girl is being held. But listen carefully. Someone may be just out of sight listening to us. I just want to add my own. Be careful. Okay, suspenseful Barbara's theme plays. So the three of us, myself, the sheriff, and Todd, squeezed into the crevice from which the frazzled Mrs. Trout had emerged. It was dark, and the spillover from the lantern in the antechamber seemed to disappear quickly. But since I had my flashlight along, as did Sheriff Dooley, I wanted to leave the lantern lit where it was as a reference point in case we had to make a mad dash back. But we used these flash those flashlights sparingly, 
hoping not to give ourselves away. There had already been that gunshot, and who knew what we might be in what we uh, who knew what we might encounter? Rattlesnake worshippers, you had to be kidding me. And Daisy might show up any second, brandishing another pistol. What had I gotten myself into this time? Wonder if they've missed Mrs. Trout again. I wonder if they know we're coming. We can't let ourselves get uh, we can't let ourselves get dry gulched. Eloise's safety is our main concern. Don't worry, Sheriff. I... Wait a minute. Hold it. Listen. What is that? Shh. They're chanting something. They can't chanting. make it out. Sounds like a rap... What's that word? A rapahoe. Rap that rap so, sounds like a rapahoe. Trudy. Trudy and I tried to teach it. Tried to teach it to each other as kids. So we could talk to local tribes. Sounds like... Wait a sec. Sounds like the word... T-E-O-G-E-E-E-O-N-I-T. Oh, boys. What do you mean? I mean, he-e-o-g-e-e-e-o-N-I-T in Arahu for rattlesnake. Gentlemen, we have to stay calm and quickly press onward. Now, if they don't, oh, if they are chanting, if they are chanting in some ritual, they may not have missed Mrs. Trout yet. The suspenseful Barbara's theme. We moved as fast as the passage would allow. We came single file. I was in the lead, followed by Todd, and Sheriff Dooley was covering our backs. All three of us had our guns drawn, but pointed at the ground since we were traveling in nearly complete darkness. But soon enough, the chanting got louder, and the flickering light of a bonfire leaked through the tunnel, dancing off the rock walls. Chanting grows louder and more distinct. Listen to that. I think they may be just around the, the bend here. And then, um, let's see. Want me to be one of these cultists yeah. or something? Why don't, um. Can, it, can there be a woman or are they yeah, all men? Well, they're supposed to be men, but I mean, just, uh, how about you be cultist number one and Wendy try cultist number two? And you want me to, you want us both to be women? No, I'd rather you try to do your men voices. Okay. For obvious reasons, you'll see. All right. Make it now. Well, what did Castor say to you about this? Nothing. I wasn't going to ask him. You don't, you don't want to make Castor angry. Hold on. Okay, I'm going to get the page turned. This is why I need my tabs. Sorry, everybody. Gentlemen, just so you know, you can ask me anything. Whoa, you sure put those two out quick. It's what I do. Okay, that's those two down. Seven to go, I guess. I've got a little rope with me. We best hogtie and gag these creeps. Fantastic. Todd, help the sheriff with that. Try to hurry. I'm going to uh, scout ahead. Don't worry, we'll catch up to you in just a minute or so. Suspenseful Bobber's theme. I felt Todd, I left Todd and the sheriff at their tasks and forged ahead. To my way of thinking, there didn't seem a moment to spare. As I followed the tunnel, the flickering light grew brighter and brighter. I wondered how bright it could get. And that infernal chanting 
continued to echo and grow in volume. Finally, I could see clearly that the tunnel before me was opening up ahead. There was a male figure with his back to me. He was dressed in some type of robe, festooned with feathers and with what appeared to be rattlesnake skins, complete with rattles. He looked as though he had been placed on guard, but he was clearly caught up in watching whatever was going on in the main chamber, making those bizarre flickering shadows. Mrs. Trout may have slipped by before he had been placed on duty. In any case, I came up behind him and tapped him on the shoulder. You who, Mr. Snake Man. What? Smack. Apologies, Mac. Well, that's three against six now. More music. I pulled my belt off and used it to hogtie the goon. Just like the rodeo star I knew I was always meant to be. I gagged him with my hanky. And momentarily, I considered pulling the guy's robe off and donning it as a disguise. But since the sheriff and Todd weren't with me to see it, I decided being in the wrong clothes in the dim light might just get me killed. From the boots he was wearing, I guess this bozo was probably our masked gunman. I took some cautious steps forward and a macabre scene opened up before me. This was more than a chamber. This was a great cavern overlooking a cliff which ran along an underground river. There was Castor in a rattlesnake robe with a hood that looked like a giant rattler's head, a ridiculous robe. He and the remaining five cultists stood there in a huge, stood next to a huge bonfire built at the cliff's edge. And in the middle of them, and their chanting and gyrating, sitting on a rock next to an open cage, was a young girl who could only be the sheriff's daughter, Eloise. Her head lolled and her eyes rolled around, giving her the appearance of having been drugged. Castor had one hand clutching her shoulder, and in his other, raised above his head, he held a huge rattlesnake that twisted and hissed malevolently in his grip. There wasn't a second to spare, and I leapt into the midst of them, gun drawn. Hold it right there, trout! All of you! Chanting abruptly trails off into brief grumbles. Let go of that girl! Throw that snake over the cliff! No. I know who you are, Mr. Green. You don't think I could find... You don't think I could find out... You... You didn't think I could find out you're the prize fighter, Bobber Maxwell, living your diminished life as a kind of ridiculous gumshoe? We're right up here, son, backing you up. Everyone keep your hands in the air. Creep, do as he says. Let go of her. Yes, let go of her and throw that snake over the cliff into the river. It will go much easier with you if you cooperate. I've never been much of a cooperator, Mr. Maxwell. I know. How about I hang on to the girl and I throw the snake at your gun? Loud menacing rattle, duly shouts in anguish, gun clattering on rocks. Ah, that thing bit me! And then Rebarber runs. Let go of her! Let go! Sounds of Take a struggle. Your hands punches. Off your men, Take them off or I'll kill you. Daisy, give me that gun. You're not in your right mind. Sounds Back of struggle between Trudy and Daisy. I will. 
Cords, cords, cords. Gunshots, Barbara blah, Falls, blah, blah, blah. Trudy yeah. Screams, Dramatic Chords. Ah! You got lots of explaining to do, Barbara. <laughs> yeah. I felt a white hot pain graze my arm. Then I was falling against Castor Trout. Then darkness engulfed me like smothering tar. And I went away. I don't know how long I was in that shadowy place. It was filled with crazy dreams of people with the heads of snakes. But the next real thing I remember, I was opening my eyes in a hospital bed. And there, leaning over me with the most beautiful smile you could imagine, was Dr. Trudy. So I... This is a good thing, I hope. I'm not dead. Oh, it's a very good thing. But you gave us a real scare for a while. You got bitten by a poisonous snake, shot in the arm, and you struck your head on a rock when you fell. <laughs> Poor Bobber. That's, that's what we were most worried about. You actually broke the rock. <laughs> that's my head, all right. Fortunately, you had one more dose of anti-venom back at the anti-venom. It's anti-venom. It's anti-venom. Anti-venom back at the ranch. So we knew you'd probably survive the bite. The shot proved superficial, but it grazed your arm good, right near where the snake bit you, and that knife wound from the rant from the beach that night. You're getting quite a collection of scars. What else is new? In the crazed, in the crazed state, I saw Daisy, and when I ran back, she definitely looked intent on on shooting you. But the actual bullet that grazed your arm came from a wild shot as I wrestled with her. She's hospitalized here, too. Seems to be coming out of the influence of Castor's drug, whatever it was. They're still working on that. And his, and his hypnotic influence on Daisy is vanishing quickly. She hasn't said too much about everything other than being mortified at how she acted. Oh, and that she absolutely hates Castor Trout. But what about him? Is he in custody? He's dead. That wild shot of Daisy's grazed you and hit him square in the heart. He fell over the cliff into the river. They haven't found him yet, but there's a team working on it. Eloise is okay, too. She's scared badly, but physically, she escaped unharmed. Well, what about all those snake people? All university colleagues of the Trouts. Uh-huh. All under arrest. Mrs. Trout is under arrest, too. She's got a lot of charges, but since she's a star witness, she'll probably get some leniency. Hey, speaking of Mrs. Trout, the last I remembered... You were taking her back to the horses. What made you return? We glanced back at the cave entrance, visible by lantern light with the bushes pulled aside, and we saw Daisy run back into the cave with another gun in her hand. I wanted to go after her, and Mrs. Trout insisted I do. Mrs. Trout and it, Mrs. Trout ended up coming back to the cave as well. She showed us the tunnel that leads back to the ranch so we could get you to the anti-venom quicker. I can't believe I grew up there not knowing about a tunnel. Well, thanks for coming back. I guess you saved my life. Aw, shucks. Anytime. And Daisy's lucky I did, too. I just tackled her. Todd and the sheriff had guns drawn. She might have gotten killed. You know, she might have gotten killed. I'll make a pause there. You know, I should let you rest. Well, just a sec. Before you do, remember I met the Trouts on the train. Oh, yes. Mrs. Trout's been spilling her guts. Lots of women scorned poison there. You were in great danger on that train. Castor bent eavesdropping on me when I first called you in Chicago. He heard me calling for help because Sheriff Dooley was under Castor's control. and he knew No one knew that yet. Castor heard me call you Bobber and heard me repeat what train you said you were going to try and catch. 
immediately he and Mrs. Trout made arrangements to intercept the train. Now it turns out, now it turns out he was a boxing fan, knew of a boxer named Bobber who'd become a detective in Chicago, and he put two and two together. On the train, he didn't recall having seen any pictures of you, so they looked for someone who might have been an ex-athlete. Good thing you didn't tell them your real name. You planted doubt in their minds. They were controlling the sheriff with his child held hostage. But you, they were just going to poison you. Wow. But seriously, nothing could have made that train food taste worse. So you are awake. Well, here, Trudy John, is someone in here. Oh, Mr. Green, we're so happy you're going to be all right. It's okay to call him Bobber Maxwell now, Mom. Well, whoever he wants to be, we're glad for him. Young man, we owe you a great debt. You saved our ranch and livelihood, shucks. You saved her family. When our Trudy called for your help, you came like the cavalry. Oh, shucks. Um, twerk nothing, sir. We'll make sure that whatever Trudy was planning on paying you, we'll double it. Oh, that's very generous, Mr. Barnhart, but... Nonsense. As a souvenir, I brought you the rattle of that critter that what bit you. <laughs> rattle, 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 rattle. <laughs> well... Lead me to the rhythm section. <laughs> <laughs> the casebook of Bobber Maxwell, Two-Fisted Detective, was brought to you by Malted Mortar Milk Milk. Put something special into your milk. Tune in again next week for the for another exciting adventure in the casebook of Bobber Maxwell, Two-Fisted Detective. <laughs> and even with all the slip-up and stumbles and hobnobbing... Ooh, hour and 21 minutes. Well, you did a lot of stopping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys.